All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Listen, I apologize. I have been MIA for a few weeks here, but it's for good reason. Exodus has some really exciting things coming down the pipeline that has taken most of my bandwidth. We haven't had an episode for the last couple weeks, so I apologize for that. But we're back today with a really good episode featuring Dorge and Jeremy Martin. You guys have heard them both here on the podcast before, but today we decided to have a little bit of fun, and I ran these guys through some scenarios, acting as if I were a brand new customer, and gave them my bow specs and said, build my arrow, what's this going to come out to be, and what are you going to recommend for me? So if you are curious to hear how these guys will set people up based off of their specs, draw length, uh, point weight, whether or not they're shooting a lighted knock. That was a key to a lot of the builds that Jeremy was doing, and he always would ask that question, are you shooting a lighted knock or not? Stick around to hear why he was asking that question and what shooting a lighted knock does to the flight of your arrow. Also, before we get into this episode, some really exciting news. Exodus has officially launched the upgrade program. We did this program last year, and it was a ton of fun to see what kind of old trail cameras you guys had laying around and that you were trading in to upgrade. So how it works is you can upgrade your trail camera game from any camera working or not. So if you have a camera that has just been laying in your garage that doesn't power on, that maybe is missing a door, just what for whatever reason doesn't work, or you have a camera that does work and maybe it's a standard SD card camera and you want to upgrade to a cell camera or it's a cell camera that you just aren't very happy with. You don't like the app or you don't like the way the data plans are structured. Either way, you can trade that camera in to us here at Exodus and receive 25% off any Exodus cell camera or cell camera package. So it's a really great opportunity to save some money to see what the Exodus advantage is all about. But if you're not familiar with that, which I'm sure you are, for listening to that but real quick every exodus cell camera is backed by the industry leading five-year no bs warranty that includes theft and damage coverage every exodus camera or camera package is going to be supported by the best customer service in the industry hands down and you're going to get a damn good cell camera that just flat out works so if you have been wanting to try one of these exodus cell cameras and you just have been on the fence and now is a really great time to try it out, save 25%. Go to the website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and place any trail camera or trail camera package, whether it's the render or the rival, in your cart and use the code UPGRADE. Once we get that order, we will send you an email with a return label to send your old camera back to us. Once we get your old camera, we will send you your new Exodus render or Exodus rival. So it's a really great program, and we have no doubt you will enjoy your upgraded cell camera. With that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Let's hear from Dorge and Jeremy, and let's build some Exodus arrows. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Today, uh, the archery experts that I am joined by are none other than George Wong from Fire Knock. And I have Jeremy Martin. He's been on the podcast a few times now from X-Ring Custom Arrows. How's everyone doing today? Beautiful. Thank you. Pretty good. Glad to have you guys here with me today. Always, always enjoy talking to the both of you. It's always a pretty good conversation when the three of us link up. So last time was when? Uh, Harrisburg two years ago? Yeah, I think that is the case when uh, when Jeremy was kind enough to sit with us. 
yeah, I think that was kind of Jeremy and I's introduction. And now uh, Jeremy, for, for everyone listening, Jeremy actually builds a lot of the custom built arrows from Exodus. So if you ordered a set of Exodus MMTs, there's a good chance that Jeremy was the fellow that built them. And that says a lot because when you talk to Dorge about arrow builders, it's always, what does Jeremy have to say? Or Jeremy, 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 he's the man, he's the man. So um, you guys are getting arrows built by the best. Absolutely. Jeremy has built enough. And then when he talked to enough of his customer, the feedback is to make him one of the hands-on experts in today's world. It's pretty hard to find. What do you think about that, Jeremy? That's big shoes to fill. Uh, thank you for the kind words, but I don't know that I'm the best or an expert. I just like what I do. Well, that's important. That's important. So today, guys, what I want to do is um, there's always like one of the things when someone goes through to order an arrow, you kind of have some questions to ask them, like what bow are you shooting? What draw weight? What draw length? How, what point broadhead? Uh, what do you want to do with the arrow? Do you want to hunt? elk do you want to shoot 3d do you want to shoot target so i have like five or six scenarios where i have i'm gonna say i'm a customer and then i'm gonna give you guys this scenario and then you guys are gonna build me an arrow break down the specs carbon to carbon length fletchings the whole whole uh, nine yards you guys cool with that oh absolutely all right so when i do this um who wants to go first or do you want to switch every other time I think switch every time would be better because then we, we in some case, I would prefer not listen to what Jeremy would say. I think Jeremy is vice versa and see how good we are in each other. <laughs> but since right. we can't do that now, but I would do my best. I would think about it. I would stick to my formula when you say that. That would make yeah. it more fun. All right. Um, and just for uh, all intents and purposes for the, this podcast reasoning, we I do work for an aero manufacturer, so all the shafts are going to be the same. All the shafts are going to be Exodus shaft. So components <laughs> and all of that are going to. Hey, then be... how the hell do you do 3D? Oh, you well, can. Yeah, you can push that. Yes, you can. <laughs> well, well, if for target, obviously it's going to be different. In 3D, it can be different as well. But for no, a lot of people do shoot the 246 for the target. It can be done. But you said ideal, just like people who are not very good at shooting, they prefer bigger shafts. Sure. To cut keep, the line, you know. <laughs> li- listeners, keep that in mind. But just for, I don't want to be selling other people's arrows on the podcast. So um, <laughs> let's run through the first scenario. And this is me. So, uh, Dorge, I talked to you a little bit about this. I got a new bow. So we're going to build an arrow for my new bow. I bought an Hoyt RX7. It's set to 70 pounds. I mm-hmm. have a 27 and a half inch draw. And I am primarily. Mm-hmm a whitetail hunter that will do a little bit of elk hunting. And I'll also shoot a little bit of 3d build me my arrow. Well, that would be pretty straightforward. I would go with the MMT 300 spine. I will cut the arrow at about 20. You see your drawing is 27 and a half, 27 and a half. Yeah. I'll cut the arrow at 27. I would, uh, because you do say elk without elk, I will use aluminum with elk. I will put a little bit stainless in it. I will use the AIH24S, which is the double shoulder insert with the chamfer. Uh, then with a six inch insert, arrow wing. How far, the one with the quick question, what broadhead are you gonna use? Uh, let's say I'm gonna shoot a fixed blade head. Um, Name the brand and size because fixed blade head don't mean anything. 
Yeah, I'm ch- I'll shoot the Afflictor K2 fix, which is a, a four blade inch and an eighth cut. Okay, I would go with the Aerovin 2, most probably about three and a half inch from the back. Since you've got a little bit bigger, half inch from the back, I will use the S knock Aerovin 2. That's pretty much my setup. That should give you everything you needed. That arrow is very effective all the way to 80, 90 yards with no issue. That's that, what I would go with. That shaft, just for everyone listening, at 300 spine is 9.8 grains per inch. So Correct. That so, build will come out to be in the 440 range. Correct, because of stainless insert. And because I'm assuming that you use 100 grain. And yeah. then, uh, of course, you can shift it a little bit, 125, but that's not needed. I mean, you that, seemed, that combination would be my uh, number one approach. Yes, I would like it to be about a little bit shorter for the uh, for the drawing because it is a white. If it's a Matthew, I may go with a little bit longer, but then of course it's RX7. So you do have a true binary can with deal wood. Your horizontal knock travel will suffer a tiny bit, but then uh, if your error rest is truly on the node, that won't make that big a difference. Sure. So you've got enough space for the node. And so you think that would be my build. You're thinking 27 inches carbon to carbon is going to put me on the node. Correct. Because you, you can use the original Hoyt, the, the fuse, the, uh, with, call it fuse name with the, with the QAD rest. That should put you right about close to inch and a quarter from the burger button, which means that at 27 inch, it should put you right on the node with where the air rest prong is. Okay. Okay. Um, Jeremy, before we go to yours, one thing that I just thought of that we can mention is uh, we're working on this 204 shaft. So if that 204 shaft comes into play and you would rather have a 204 over a 246 for a certain um, setup, we can use that one as well. So we'll Well, the 204 is not going to be better than a 246 in this application because you're dealing with Hoy with a binary cam. That thicker wall of the 204, although the material is faster, the 204, the 246 will have a slight advantage over it. If sure. it's a Matthew, I'll definitely go with the 204, but you say the Hoyt, the binary Campbell with the horizontal not travel, definitely the 246. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to mention it. Like as we get into these builds sure. down the road, I have some other ones that might be a little bit different. So um, we have that shaft to work with as well. I don't want to limit you guys just to one shaft here. Um, all right, Jeremy, you're up. Same setup. I would probably have to agree with the if I had the the uh, two hundred four. I'm just a two hundred four junkie, so <laughs> huh, I would go with the two hundred four um, aluminum for the half outer six inches of carbon aerovane two, uh, and that would give you. If you wanted to do a dual setup, you know, um, you can put, if you want a flatter flying arrow, you can put the 100 grain in for elk. And then if you're going to be shooting 30, 40 yards for whitetail and you wanted a little bit more weight, um, you can go to a 125 or 125 for both. It wouldn't really matter. Um, I think that's a pretty stellar setup. And I do the same thing. I'd probably cut you to 27. Yeah, probably 27, maybe 26 and three quarter, depending on uh, where the air rest set up, the air rest and also um, how you like your blades 
where you like them to be located at, you know, close. Do you care if they're close to your hand or not? I know some guys like them, you know, a foot in front of their hand. So sure. <laughs> while we're on that, I mean, like talking about length, because Jeremy, I thought you'd come in shorter. I thought, I thought you'd recommend a shorter arrow. So um, what would be, I mean, both of you guys said 27, maybe 26 and three quarters. And the goal is to put this arrow on the node. Now let's say just for instance, we don't have arrow concept and that point comes that, that ha- inch and a half part of the node forgiveness goes away. What is the ideal arrow length in that scenario? Is it still going to be that 27 inches? No, it's going to be 27 and a half to seven, 27 three quarter now, because see your burger button based on the arrow without the arrow concept, especially with a, with a short head will really, really put the note more critical. And when you deal with a Hoyt with a binary cam, it is critical. So we're thinking arrow concept allows you to shoot a shorter arrow is basically what Not you're saying. Not just that. It make you a shorter, more responsive arrow. Compared with our arrow concept, your note become more and more defined mm-hmm. and more and more critical and more and more less forgiving. And that's okay. the reason that arrow had to be longer. But at the same time, being longer arrow with the Hoyt, you're gonna have more stress. And not to, and, and then of course with the Eric 7, you got 85 and 80% off. Nearly every single guy I saw have an 85 let off point, which is you know, I don't like high let off because it proved that the the the, the distant deprivation of arrow is significant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna put mine on 80. I wish there was a 75% for that. But um, I'll be I'll be eighty all day. <laughs> Anything else to add there, Jeremy? Uh, you were talking just about the the uh, the node and with and without the error concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the concept, it becomes a very finite point on the shaft. So, uh, like George was saying, you you lose a lot of your um, forgiveness because it's very dependent on where that that node lies granted we are um for lack of better words we're just taking our best educated guests doing this because if you really wanted to get down to brass tacks and do it to where you were dead on it you'd have to spend some money just because you'd have to take time cut the shaft and then find it and make sure it's set up to your error rest if you don't have like the new matthews that i just picked up don't have any adjustment you can't go forward back with the rest it's it is what it is right so you gotta adjust the air to the rest so <laughs> exactly i mean when i look at the new matthew on using the new new, new air rest system the forward backward movement's gone in other words if your arrow is not cut right on the node you're screwed you can't get the arrow to perform and most people don't understand I mean, that's the reason when I design some of the errors, I make sure you've got enough forward, backward adjustment, especially with 90% of bow today, which is what we call recessed bow. Recessed bow is defined as the grip is behind the limb pocket bows. So the arrow, the bow by, by its own design is trying to flip. That's the reason the, the reverse the recess design is not ideal. But then at the same time, when you've got an air rest that do not let you move, you have no adjustment on the note if you cut the arrow wrong. I mean, that's just no way around it. Right. Yeah. And you, like Jeremy said, you can spend a lot of money 
trying to cut shafts to make it work because when you like as we talk about this the node will move as the length of the arrow changes and how much insert weight you have or how much broadhead weight you have you can manipulate where that node is placed so you really have to tinker a lot or just use arrow concept and have that forgiveness with that being said with arrow concept and the node being elongated is it better to be towards the front towards the back or right in the middle of the elongated node absolutely in the middle because see the whole difference between the arrow concept without it is the entire angle i mean just like we talk about the from a tuna to the macro to an eel the angle becomes significant with our arrow concept the the arrow concept allow you to be off without major consequences ideal you still ideal just like a center is the center is the center sure yeah that makes sense so that's when you hear these guys talk about what length they're going to cut the arrow that is based off of where they are projecting is going to put you on the node so if your arrow or bow setup matches mine or matches any of these uh scenarios that is what your ideal arrow length is going to be so next uh next scenario here this i don't know i mean this is almost uh more towards what jeremy's going to be at but the poundage is going to be different um so I'm shooting a Matthews phase four and I am a 29 inch draw and I'm shooting 60 pounds and I like to hunt elk and whitetails and I'm going on a bear hunt this year. I need an arrow that is going to be suitable for all three of those. Jeremy, your shooting f- distance. Shooting distance uh, have not been set and broad have not set. Those two make it critical. All right. So let's go with, um, Let's make this one, uh, let's say this guy's going to shoot a, we want to do a mechanical or a fixed on this one. For the bear, the, regional bear, the black bear, that's really not critical. But the, uh, the, the, the distance of where the bait pile is, unless he's stalking now, that's a whole different story. Sure. <laughs> let's go with a uh, inch and a half mechanical head. You pick the, the broad head. And the Let's max, go with the rage. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's popular. And we'll go max distance 60 yards. And then for the bear hunt, we'll say max distance 30 yards. Okay, Jeremy, go for it. All right, so I got a phase four, 29 inch draw, 60 pounds. Uh, wanting to go hunting for elk, whitetail bear, mechanical rage, 60 yard max range. Uh, let off. We're going to go 85%. this is the that's the majority of people that is definitely the majority of people whenever i ordered that phase four and i told them i wanted uh 80 mods they looked at me like i was silly yeah they come stock (laughs) they come stock with 85 yeah 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 so i had to pay extra for 80s um 60 pounds 85 percent uh do you have a goal weight in mind um no, nope. Whatever's gonna, whatever you're gonna suggest. Okay, so just throw out what I want. Um, sixty yards, mostly. I w- this one I would probably do a um two forty six mmt. Okay. Um, since your uh, max range is sixty yards, that's on an elk. Yeah. Um, I would assume. Um, 
I would pretty much build what George built in a 350 spine and cut you at uh, probably 28 and a quarter carbon to carbon. Okay. Are you running a lighted knock? Yeah. You are running a lighted knock? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that makes it even better. So, I'd give you um, aluminum, 350 spine, 28 and a quarter. Yes. Aerovane 2? Of course. Okay. So, I'm pretty much right on. You're pretty do, much the do, same with me. The, the, the only difference I would be is that I would go stainless. I would go stainless for one reason because he then uh, when he do a bear, uh, assuming then brown bear only, not black bear only. The moment yeah. you go brown bear, you're gonna need that extra twenty five. So from one hundred to one twenty five with the stainless will be much better if it is a brown bear. Black bear only. Jeremy set up perfect. I don't see any change. So Jeremy, why did you ask about the lighted knock? What's that change? Um, that's gonna kind of change the front of center of the or the the front of center of the arrow not that that matters to me because i really don't care but you're going to get flatter flight so if you are shooting a light and knock then i would tend to agree with you can go ahead and throw a little bit heavier front end on there and because uh, that's be... balancing and back out right yes yeah. yeah and then not to mention it's a 350 spine and then uh, i would go you say 27 inch draw i would go with a 27 gyro 29. 29. 29. 29. Oh, definitely 28 and a half because it's a Matthew. And right now for that bow, uh, assuming the guy is using the Matthew rest, that become, then actually I would go with like a 29 and a quarter inch arrow because of that node. That that place you do not have any chances. So by putting a heavier point, the arrow going to flex a little bit more so that the lighter knot will balance it out. In fact, you cause the arrow trajectory much flatter. Yes, you, you think about you think people will think that putting weight on the back, the arrow will fly. Yes, it, the arrow drops faster, but the arrow trajectory is flatter. Okay. That's presently in some cases, a lot of people don't understand a lighter knot weight on the high level bow is actually beneficiary. Yeah. So um you so, cause the recovery to be faster. Right. Yeah, it's more balanced there. So your two nodes, no for the front node, the back, they're going to now maintain a better point than you expected. All right. So you went a quarter inch longer than the draw length with that one? Yes, definitely. Because see the, because the, air, the Matthew rest cannot move. You see, if you've got something like the, uh, like my air rest, you can move it all the way back to inch and a half. Remember with this one, when you, have no, when, you, when you don't have a node, you want to tune it. It's easier to cut. You can't add. Sure, right. The yeah. worst thing you do is that you just go and reflect your veins. I mean, yes, you 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 may want to do two or three of them because you do have the uh, final end cap inside. You also have the vein had to reflect, but at least it's doable. But when you want to add half a quarter of an inch, where do you find that quarter? You can't. Yeah, right. You can't move it. Those are the reasons for some of my customers who are more very, very, how do I say that, uh, opinionated. I usually only build them three. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, when you build them six, well, you know, I would prefer half inch shorter or or three quarter inch longer. I mean, what do you do now? He right. just bought. He just spent money on perfect money on say a dozen arrow. Now you want an arrow to be say half inch shorter? You still can do it, but how about three quarter inch longer? Yeah, can't do it. 
especially without arrow concept. What do you do now? Yeah, buy, buy new arrows. <laughs> and now when, when you say that the customer come to me, he just spent all the money on a, on a whole set of Eastern expensive shafts. You just look at them saying, you wanted that size, but it was not what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got, um, I got three more to run through here and then we'll, we'll uh, just build on it. So the next one's going to be a funny one, George, you'll get a kick out of it. So we got a uh, customer shooting a prime in line. He has a 31 inch draw and he's shooting 80 pounds and he likes to hunt <laughs> elk and whitetails and he's shooting a um iron will broadhead that's 150 grains the max let's say max distance is uh 60 yards again because he's gonna hunt out okay it's uh it's an old inline which they had to change the name that bow actually behaves very much like an elk because that lean line is only in line when the bow is in the full draw. The entire bow, again, we behave more like, actually in some cases worse than RX-7. So the bow is very shocky. For him, right on the get-go, AMT-250, there's no way around it. Actually, uh, if I build it myself, I would say I would use an arrow with 300-300, if not 300-200 with it. Because see, this that 31 inch straw, 80 pound, pushed the arrow parabolic action significantly. And then with the iron wheel head, you pretty much have to rely. I mean, in most cases, one something like that, I would tell them, ship me the head. I will align the broadhead on the spine before I glue the insert. Of course, it's very difficult. I usually have to put the final concept system in, take the insert out, or I would just prefer putting titanium space and tune his head. Because the iron wheel is the two-play head. That itself on the launch cycle have a lot of aerodynamic effect when it launches. Aeroconcept 2.0 with the MMT 250 is going to help. But that is really not a great setup, especially with the 85% mic, with the 80% that off, my 80 pound. And then you pretty much need the whole 31 inch, if not more. I mean, if, I'm a, if I have to build it myself, I would have put in something like a 10 and a half inch ID inside, inside tube on a 250. That will pretty much do the job. I know if Jeremy is doing it, oh my God. I mean, sorry, Jeremy is going to get his own. If I'm as good as Jeremy building AeroConcept 2.0, that will be a six inch on the back. <laughs> and yes, Aero, AeroVing 2.0, that will be it. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all fair game. So that's a, that's a setup that's tough to build. And um, our arrow might not work out totally. Great for it. So there might be a better option. No, it will. The 250 will work, except it will require a lot of skill. And uh, I just don't have the tenacity and the, and the what you call it, patience like Jeremy do building the 2.0, because that is definitely according for a 2.0 setup on the 250. Well, it's here, Jeremy. That's it. I mean, I would do the, <laughs> I would do the 246 and the 250 spine. And are you running a lighted knock? No. Okay, well then, yes, I would definitely go uh, uh, six inches of carbon in the back. Uh, so I'd make it an Aero Concept 2.0, and I'd give it an aluminum aluminum insert, six inches up front, um, 31-inch draw. Like you said, you're going to be, like, nipping the ends off, and that's about it. Uh, definitely Aero Vane 2, 
and I would do the the indexing. Um, I've tried to do it. I have patience, like George says, <laughs> when it comes to building arrows. But the whole, um, like, getting the broadhead aligned perfectly with no spacers takes that much longer. And to be honest, I think I'm pretty cheap on well, if I'm building for my customers, um, I, I'm pretty cheap on my labor. So I would rather just make it a lot easier on myself and use the spacer kits uh, rather than, you know, index with, you know, like George was saying, take the insert out and all that. I'd much rather just use the spacers. What do the spacers do? I'm not familiar. So they're, okay, but- they're made out of titanium. And they are uh, nine millimeters in diameter. And all they are are different thickness washers. If I could get off the camera, I've got a pile of them sitting right over there. Yeah, go ahead. There. Is this something you developed, George? Of course. See, what happened is that when, you remember, I developed a whole bunch of two blade heads. The daggers, the daggers have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I make nine different daggers, 10 now. But see, being a dagger, it's a two-blade system. You must, you, I will repeat, you must align it from a 12-o'clock position when you launch it. Because that's the way that you want to hide it off boat, even all the new boat today with a, with a two-blade. If you are not indexed and index the blade with the spine, the blade with the highlight off is going to catch the wind and you have all kinds of tuning issues. Yeah. Now, what happened? You said when you put the broadhead into the insert, you're going to have different, you know, different angles. Now, you figure that out. I make them from 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.25, 0 0.3. If you think about it, if one inch, uh, the thread of the, of the thread of a normal AMA standard broadhead is 32. So that means a full 32 turn will give you one inch. So if I, when I make a 0 0.1 millimeter spacer, of course, when you make 0 0.1, you end up with 0 0.095, but 0 0.0095 and 0 0.11 or the 105, that's going to be variance. So when you add that to it, it'll give you about 25 to 30 degree increase per 0.1 millimeters. Okay. So you can just add them together. So your blade says 45 degree. Uh, a one, a point one and a point two five will give you to add that extra 45 degree. Will that be absolute? No, because spacer itself have thickness variants and have die cut variants. So you're gonna play with it until you get it. That's the reason I make all the sizes. And sometimes when you stack, say uh, two one and 125 should be 0.45. It do not equal to 0.45. That's where the plane comes into play. You okay. have to play with it. But you'll be close enough, sure. especially when you get a pack of 0.1 and uh, 0.25, 0.25, uh, correct. Jeremy, so I've got, up? yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a pile of them here. So I've got everything. I am actually out of tens, ten thousands. So I've got from 20 thousands all the way up to 50 or 0. 0.50. Right. Remember, those are millimeters. Yeah, not uh, yeah, point, not not thousands. Sorry. People think thousands, yeah. but you know what? That's where the problem is. Yeah. They are not ten thousands. They are they are. Remember, one inch is twenty five point four millimeter, and it is point one of it. 
So each of them is about two and a half thousand, uh, 2.5 thousands. So you need to start play with it and get the numbers. Sure. So show so me I, how, show me how it works here. I don't play with numbers. <laughs> I just know this is a, a 0. 0.20 millimeter uh, spacer. And here is a 0. 0.50. I threw them on the scale. Um, the 0. 0.20 was a half a grain because folks always get all bent out of shape about that. And the 0. 0.50 was 1.1 grains. Okay. So um, if I have to screw this 1.1 grain extra on one of your arrows uh, and that's it, just one, and the rest of them line up perfectly, if you can tell me there's a difference without looking at the arrow, you better start shooting ASA because Levi Morgan's in trouble. <laughs> I mean, that's all there is to it. If you're that good, you best be getting on the ASA trail. So that spacer goes on the broadhead. Yes. The I'm looking... on the threads of the broadhead. Yep. Okay. yep. I've got broadheads right here. So right here we're looking with a we're looking at a uh, tooth of the arrow wide. And then it just slides down over the and the, okay, and that'll change the alignment. Then, so so yeah, you, you can the... have the insert already glued into the shaft and then be able to do it that way rather than most certainly turning the okay. I've right. always wondered how you, Chad and I talked about how, how you would do that. And I never really knew how, because for ourselves, like we don't shoot two blade heads, so it's not that big of a deal. But if we wanted to index our heads, how would we do it? And we were like, well, I don't know. Cause we're building the front of the arrows first. Well, there's your answer. Right. I mean, I've had mm -hmm. even had guys, uh, he's super meticulous guy, um, down in Southern Ohio and he was shooting, Levi's Swackers, his brand or, or his his signature series, and he wanted the blades vertical. And he's like, I'm like, you really don't need to worry about it because it's an expandable and that wing is so small. And he's like, nope, I want them vertical. So that's what we did. I mean, I think I only had to do it on three of the six because you can sit there and, you know, what I normally start doing is use no spacers and just take broadhead one on arrow one through 12. And if one of them lines up one. there, there it is. And then I move on to the next one and I get them all, you know, if I can't get them all that way, then that's when I start adding spacers in. All right. So for anyone listening, if you are shooting a two blade head and you have um, a dozen or half dozen Exodus arrows and your broadheads aren't aligned, there's your solution. All right. You guys ready for, I got two more of these. Uh -oh. Go yeah, for it. All right. So this one is a PSE Omen. And which year? Uh, it's different design. 23. The new one. Yep. The new 23. one. 23. Okay. Yep. Got it. And we are shooting 60 pounds. We have a 26 inch draw. And this fella is only a whitetail hunter. He only wants to shoot whitetails. Max distance, we'll say 40 yards. And that's like max, max. Um, he's shooting a, let's make this one easy, shooting a swing blade. Ooh, that's easy. Cool. I think it's Jeremy's turn. <laughs> it is. Um, let's see here. 60 pounds, 26 inch draw. What is his let off? Because I know them bad boys can go up to 90. Let's go 90 then. 
And then, so we'll, we'll, Sorry. we'll go we'll go 90 and then we'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum and go 80 and see how the arrow build changes so build no, the 90 yes you have 65 percent odd you can buy those it okay really a lot of my customers love those especially on the new mark 34 you can you can get the 65 percent mod i mean that's a fantastic fantastic setup for western unders We'll go with like well, so we'll go with ninety and then let's do both. 70. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll show you what both would we mean. Yep. So then we'll see how the arrow changes. Hundred green head. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Omen sixty pounds, twenty six inch draw, ninety percent let off, forty yard max, hundred green swing blade. Um, he would. I'd put him in the. See, that doesn't matter to me. I I would actually leave this preference up to the customer if he would want the Exodus 204 or the, the MMT. Um, I would leave that up to him. I would go, um, he's going to need some some weight in the arrow regardless of, because uh, 60 pounds, you're, we're going to have to put him in a 350 aluminum for sure and i would probably leave that arrow as long as i could um 26 inches you're getting you're getting down there you're starting to granted he's only a 40 yard max but the you're losing a a bunch of uh energy you know you're you're losing it quicker because that arrow is so short um so i would if i did anything maybe um 25 and three quarters on the carbon aluminum six inches light and knock yeah we'll say yeah okay um i'm i might throw um just a, a a little bit of carbon in the back um to give him that a little bit extra weight but the 350 spine yeah, that's a that's a lot more complicated than any of the other ones that you've thrown out there because it's 60 pounds. Right. But Omen is supposed to be a, you know, it's a ripper of a bow. I mean, it'll, it'll launch them out there pretty good. And the 90% let off. Um, that's another bugaboo that's in there. So yeah, I'd go with the 350 aluminum, six inches up front. Uh, lighted knock. You can run an arrow vein three on that one. No, 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 no. I'd keep him at an arrow vein two. Too his slow. Speed's, his speed's not going to be up enough to um, to allow that three to do its job. So, yeah, there you go. So one question before George goes. You said, like, you want weight in this arrow. You got to put weight in this arrow, but you want with the lightest insert. Why is that? Well... I guess we could go with a stainless to break that 350 spine down a little bit. So that probably would be a good idea to go with a stainless or jump up to 125 green swing blade. Sure. And you could even do both, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could do both. Since your max is 40 yards, you can, um, that's a fast enough bow, even at 60 pounds and 26 inches, you ought to be able to hit a deer with one pin. If, if you practice, sure Not so one week after the season or before the season get your bow out and start shooting george any changes i i go a little bit different actually um i have two setups because uh based on the uh, 90 percent mod and then uh 
that's a 65% mod. But a 90% mod, I have, I, it's easy. I'm going to go with the 3, 350, fixing the front aluminum, aerovane 3, and I most probably go with a 75 grain point mm. on a swing blade because that setup is really will make that omen rip. You're going to shoot about 320 with even 26 inch draw at 60 pounds because the arrow is going to be a whole fire around 330 grain. Yeah, it's going to be light. Yep. Right. So if you say, if the guy told me he's going to shoot a 65% of mine, that's easy. I would drop the whole thing to the air, to the uh, uh, the 400 spine shaft with the aluminum insert. And still, depending on your shooting skill, I would go, because it's 26 inch, I would go on that. I would go with the 25 and a half inch arrow with a 85 grain, 75 grain field point and then six inch the front. And then uh, we use everything two with it because it'd be forgiving. But with that 90% mod, I'm going to go everything three with for sure 75 grade. That whole system will rip and kick the benefit of that. The most critical part for this setup and everything else is part of the 26 inch drawing. You need to push because the air will recover so fast. I mean, yeah, if I go with the 204, it will not recover that good. The 246 is going to be better because of wall thickness. The moment you go to 400, it's going to be lighter, more responsive. And uh, that both setup has merit. But then, of course, the 350 is going to be a more durable setup over the 400. You sure. can see Jeremy's me thinking it's a little bit different. I'm looking for that speed. Of course, uh, I still think that the 65, would, just like Jeremy said, is going to give you a much, much, much longer forgiveness shot of one pin. The the 90% of actually going to give you less because the error deprivation is going to be significant. That's the reason you go error concept 2.0. That we cover that faster. But that's a much more complicated build. Yeah, that's yeah, a I'm, tough one. Yeah, that's a did, tough one. In in my defense, not that I'm making excuses, I didn't know a 400 spawn was in, the, in play because then that would have been a whole lot easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 400 spawn won't work on that 90% mod, you know. <laughs> Is that how that's it changes be, for you? That's going to be rough. Is that how it changes for you, Jeremy? If you go to 65 pound, you drop the spine to 400 or 65%? Uh, um, I mean, if I had a, if I had the chance of the 400 spine, I would um, from 60, from 90 to 65 per, 95% let off to 65% let off. I would go from a, a 2.0 build on the 90 and then a 1.0 build on okay. the uh, 65. So why not 2.0 in both of them? Because of the labor and just you don't get anything out of it? I mean, or? you you could. It. I mean, that really depends on, on the guy because you're going to be picking up speed with the 65% let off mod as well uh, over the 90. Sure. And... um it's not as violent. So that's why I would, you know, um, you could take the 2.0 and the extra, the extra charge. If the, if the guys, you know, cause I'm, let's look, let's face it that a lot of guys don't like to spend a pile of money on arrows, but they'll spend a pile of money on a bow, yeah. um, which in my eyes, you know, I'd rather, Although I can't, I can't say that because that's so you just bought account. a new bow. <laughs> I buy, I buy new bows every year, man. It's, they have, they have a word. Uh, I have an addiction, and it's, <laughs> it's bows. Um, it's better than beer. It, it, you're damn right. 
I do have another one. It's energy drinks. I drink the hell out of them. So, <laughs> George, let me yeah, ask me, you this. Mine is different. I'm this. <laughs> George, let me ask you this. Does your arrow build, or maybe it's just the broadhead that changes, but if the guy wasn't just a whitetail hunter and he wanted to hunt um, a thicker gamed animal, let's use, um, I don't want to use a pig. That's too, that's too. No, drastic. the pig is pretty, it's pretty, the pig is dramatic. I mean, pretty much you would say the guy is going for a kudu. Okay, okay. that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. The kudu will make, is pretty much like a Volvo to a Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. Well, let, let's use, um, I guess, an elk. Does the broadhead weight change for you if he's wanting to hunt an no. elk? Elk is super soft. Elk, elk and moose are actually softer animal than whitetails, unless it's a fawn. An old white tail is pretty rough on, on the meat. I mean, the North American deer class animals are pretty easy. The moment you go into pig, that's a whole different ballgame. I mean, I mean, I knew I built a lot of arrows for customers who say, I mean, to be fair with you, the most difficult broad, uh, broad, uh, projectile at the build is for giraffe. Because you're shooting the third heart and you've got 10 to 12 inch of skin to deal with. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Ten inch of skin, okay? What? How thick is the white tail skin? Not much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, last one. Well, um, yeah, I'll I'll do a one a bonus one after this. So this one should be fairly short though. So um, we have an expedition reflection, which. I just looked up a bow with an IBO of like 345. So I wanted something that was shooting really fast. And mm -hmm. he's shooting 75 pounds, 28 and a half inch draw. He has mm -hmm. 80% 80, 80 let off. And he's shooting a um, Magnus buzz cut head. And it's a 125 grain broadhead. And he is a strict western hunter mule deer elk and he shoots some 3d okay right. that's the 3d is where the problem is um Go ahead. that reflection i don't know much about it right. it's very much like the expedition it's a buy it's a binary it's a it's broke like a two and a half cam system okay uh speed what was the speed on that it was 345 ibo i believe okay so yeah but he's 75 pounds so you know the speed is going to be closer to 360 on a, on the on the 450-grain arrow. Um, no, four, no, 300 and, uh, let's see, 75, that will be uh, 300 and, yeah, under 400-grain arrow. Or you could do this. You could do an APA King Cobra, if you're more familiar no. with that, though. No, we'll no, say that, the expedition. That... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, max distance. You say Western hunters, those guys can get, you know, they can stretch them. We're going 80 yards. 80 yards. Yep. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see for me, uh, it's, and I'm going not purely off of what I would do. Um, but I know, uh, the Western guys, they are big on two fours and one six, six shafts. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like the two four. I know lots of people have other uh, opinions. So I would do a 204. I would cut him at 
uh, 28 inches. I would give him. He's right on the edge of a 300 and a 250, in yep. my opinion, at 28 yep. inches. Um, 80% let I, off. 80% let off. That's where I would. This is why I like to have conversations with folks whenever I'm building errors with them. You know, um, well, it's me. It's me. So just ask me the question, then I'll, okay. I'll answer it. How meticulous are you about your tuning? Oh, very. When you say very, what's that mean? I'm going to go through every step possible. Okay. So you paper tune, yep. you walk, walk back, back tune, tune, bear shaft, bear shaft tune, you rest tune at yep. yardage. Yep. Okay. So you seem like you're a pretty competent person on, on your, on your skill level on tuning. So I would not be scared to go on the low side of like that. 300. A 300. I would definitely, I would, um, my next question would be, what do you like, or how do you feel about uh, aluminum half outserts versus stainless versus titanium? I uh, wouldn't have a preference, whatever you, whatever you would want to go okay. with. Okay. And then if you don't have a preference in that and you're, you're a super tuner, I've encountered these kinds of folks. They don't care about how much money they spend. No, oh, yeah. So would, Money's not an issue here. Titanium, 100%. Titanium 204, 300, six inches up front. Are you shooting uh, light and knock? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, there it is. I will cut you 28 inches. Titanium half outsert, six inches of carbon. Uh, a knock lighted. Buzz cut 125. Um, we would obviously have to uh, do the Index. spacers. Yes. Um, Aravane two. Now, it's, let's say I'm not a super tuner. Um, if you're not a super tuner, I just want to get this arrow and I just want to shoot it. Um, if you're if you're and you're still eighty yards. Yep. Um, you're not going to make it. That's the thing. <laughs> Uh, the bus cut is a two blade with an open hole and it's close to two and a quarter inch long. Yeah. It's a big yeah, head. That, that makes it that makes it tough. Those heads mm -hmm. are like, I mean, that thing is like putting a paper airplane on the front of your arrow. Let's just let okay, let's change it to an iron wheel because that's a suit. It's just no 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 same thing. It, it, enough to be about the same. In, in some cases, I think Jeremy got everything. I would say the same thing. The only difference is that if he insists to use insist on a bus cut, I actually would take any arrow thing off. And put a 250 spine. I'll go arrow concept. I'll absolutely say titanium is a good approach. Or maybe aluminium, because the guy's gonna lose that thing so fast. It's gonna be bad. And then and that's the condition I would actually go with a non-airfoil driven head. Because see, at six at 80 yards, if you don't know how to tune the bow with arrow thing with that head, you're not gonna make it. You're better off using something like a, a like a blazer or even AAE or even attack. Because see, if you don't know how to tune that bow, especially on a ginormous two blade plus two blade ahead, any of those steps are not taken. He won't make the 80 yards to start with. Sure. Especially yeah. with any arrow vein. Yeah. That's the reason you know in so many cases when a customer come by me with some ginormous, say 150 grain, say, and then we're going to get there. I told them, 
I would build a shaft. You can just slap those blazer or uh, or attack or a even on the back. It'll work mm -hmm. because you don't have to deal with that because he he was on the marginal of shooting over three fifteen feet per second. Yeah, 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 and, and if, definitely two fifty spine. If you order that arrow from us um, and didn't want arrow vein two, the other option would be the Q two I fusion uh, vein. Um, okay, last one. This is just a bonus one. I got it was texted to me, so let me. Let me pull it up here. Tony, if you're listening, this is for you. So ideal, this is, so this is the whole thing. We're going, what is the ideal target arrow setup, bow and arrow with a 60 pound draw weight and 75% let off. So recommend a bow and recommend an arrow. This doesn't have to be an Exodus arrow. So um, any, anything's on the table. Hmm. So well, 60, that, I, what, what was the draw 60 weight? Pounds. 60 pounds. Six oh draw, draw length. Um he's short, 20, 27 and a half. Mm. Oh, that was a good okay. One. Ne next question. First of all, you say 3D. <laughs> you say 3D target. Uh you see the ASA target, IBO, or quote unquote paper, or you're talking the European because the European maximum is uh, 80, 80 meters. That's different than say target 20 yards because I, me and Jeremy just do the NFAA. That's perfectly target. But believe me, when you do the French or do the, uh, the Swedish shoot, when you're doing that 80 or uh, 95 meters, it's a whole different ball game. No, this would be strictly just target. I know, but those are all target. I mean like um, IBO, ASA, IBO, ASA, tech, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. So he's, okay. he's a he's a three D shooter. That makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, so you're wanting us to name a bow? Yeah. He said, mm -hmm. "What's the ideal target arrow setup? Ideal bow and arrow." Um, yeah, but you know his age and uh, his age and drawing make a big deal on bows because see, if he's an old, you see an old guy or young guy, he's holding weight is going to make a big difference. He's 30, thirty seven. Oh. Yeah, I, I would go with something like the the what what the Danny Irv uh, the, the Danny Irving deal or, or mm, sixty pound. That, that's different. I know exactly what bow I go with. Let's do it. You first, Dan. Hundred percent. The new shoot down pro, PSE. It's a longer axle to axle. Granted, he's a short draw length, but it is probably one of the faster. Um, bows that are out there because every asa and ibo guy if he's an unknown guy wants speed 100 percent 100 percent wants speed so you said the dominator duo no shoot down pro shoot down pro okay shoot yeah. down pro i think it's a 36 inch axle to axle i'm pulling it up now so what's the arrow build for that for that bow that scenario um, that's where you, I would have to ask him, uh, what do you, what do you want? Do you want line cutters? Do you want something to fit, you know, squeeze in? Um, you know, it's, it's wide open. Cause you see guys shooting two of like a, a two of four, you see him shooting, uh, a standard, uh, 246 you see him shooting 22s 23s all the way up to i think a couple years ago jack wallace was shooting 25s on the ibo uh course right so, but ibo uh, can go to do 27 i know feet times fnaa the maximum is 23 
But yes. then, of course, at the same time, we need to think about it. I, what class is it in? Because see, the moment when he's able to do a full, say, three-bar setup compared to a, say, say hunter class with the back-back combined. It'd be a hunter class. Hunter class, that means, uh, what, a maximum uh, 16-inch all the way around. That changes a lot because then, then the bow should not be too long. I mean, something like that depends on where, if you want to win. I mean, I would go with something like the 2018 Perform X. That's one of the bow. Or the uh, the original Matthew Apex 7, because it's so freaking forgiving. I mean, Hoyt uh, actually have a good bow on it, like the, uh, uh, the, the Triumph. That might, is it the Podium? That's a fantastic bow. I mean, most of the problem already taken care of. I won't touch the new Hoyt. I mean, with the 26-inch draw, he needs the speed. I would go with, for everything around, I would go with a 30, 3164 shaft on the OD. Then uh, depends on his speed. I mean, if you want lightness, well, go with something like the PS23 on Black Eagle. You want a more durability. You want a more predictability. I think the Arrow with thir uh, 31, 31, actually, when 3140 would be perfect. 400 spine. And not to mention... I would definitely go light. I would go about 90 grains in the front because see, you got such a stable system. That will be my setup because see, for me, I truly believe when you should target, especially in the environment, I actually prefer seven to 8% FOC will give you the best. Of course, Aerovin 3 all the way. You can't go wrong with target. Then you're pretty much able to be comfortable 60 yards. You can call that 63 and have lately my able to. That's 63 and a quarter yard right there. <laughs> on that on that sitting though. <laughs> so Jer Jeremy, if I say we did this scenario and you asked me that question and I'm him, and you said, Do you want line cutters? Do you want um to slide them in there? And I, my response to you is I want to win. I'm new to I'm new to target. I don't know what I should be shooting for. You shoot some target yourself. I know your partner. Um, what are you going to recommend to me? I want to win. That's it. That's my answer. Well, I, I need to retract my uh, shoot down pro since I know you're, you're now shooting hunter class. Okay. Um, when you say target, I'm thinking 18 meters, maybe do some USA archery outdoor on paper. Man, I'm a, like I'm, a, I'm a hunter and that's all I know. So, okay. I'm, All I right. Don't... So with that, I mean, uh, you could go to like the, the, the new Matthews, uh, TRX 34 would be mm -hmm. a stellar, which a is stellar that's what, bow. that's what he has. So that's good to know. I mean, don't change it. And he's in hunter class. So one thing with hunter class is you have to have a screw in point in the IBOs. So huh, here's where I would throw out, um, maybe shoot like a gold tip 22 super light mm -hmm. and then throw mm -hmm. the throw the destroyer tip in the front oh yes <laughs> <laughs> i got one of those right here yeah the destroyer kit if you are to disrupt you and win that's it man the destroyer kit i mean there's a few guys who have it they absolutely love it and here's your here's what the destroyer kind of looks like you don't need to see the weight but you know it's a six millimeter point um, with a 45 degree shoulder on a 2264, so, which is nine millimeter. So you got one and a half millimeter of surrounding space. So That's, you're looking you can at squeeze a, it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God forbid you need to uh, annihilate the back end of all your buddy's shafts because 
that's definitely going to do it. And these <laughs> come in either titanium or stainless steel. So, and it's 60 pounds in hunter class, your max yardage is 35 pounds or 35 yards. Um, so you want a, an arrow that's going to shoot flat. Yeah, flat you saw dead. one pin all the way. That's yeah, the reason so you, I would build it. Uh, I would build the titanium, definitely six inch, but even four inch in the front. On yeah, a 20, I, see the guys are 27 inch straw. That's a 26 inch arrow for sure. Pull the arrow back, get a mini overdraw over your wrist. Now we're talking because you don't have broadhead tuning issue. <laughs> that thing is going to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always a I'm always a sucker for putting clear knocks and clear veins on a on a 3D arrow. <laughs> can't see they just they just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I love those. I mean, people don't understand that when you go to the target, the entire environment is so different because mm -hmm. your objective is different. It doesn't mean the penetration as the arrow don't, don't fall down. You're all good. But at the same time, you also have to squeeze others. Lo and behold, we don't. people don't understand when you shoot a normal PS23 or something like a, a, like a, a, like a, like a 8.9, is it 8.9 or 9.2? 9.3 from GoTail. Those are 23 classes. The moment you touch the front end, the arrow is gone. With the arrow concept, because of secondary tubing, you will survive it. And most people don't understand if that's slightly nicked, your next one is going off at least, you're not going to hit the 11 ring. You'll be lucky, you were lucky to hit the eight. I mean, the worst, and then on top of that, the knock conditions and also concentric contraction and that wind, that wind is going to hurt you, but see, 35 is not going to be the case, but if you look at most of the calls, when they put that target all the way down in the valley and the wind just swoof coming up, you don't think that wind is important? You haven't played the game long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony, I hope that helps you out. Um, so I have tell two me, more. Tell, tell Tony, give me a call. Yeah, I will. <laughs> no, honestly, because I've got, I, I sent out some uh, um, sample shafts for a gentleman. And there are some gold tip 22s in there and some 3D HVs that are super light and another standard diameter that's super light. If he right. wants to shoot a hunter class, you got to have a screwing point anyway. So, sure. Yeah. That was so fun because see, the moment you build it correctly, able to do that, just like, you know, I do two late, uh, I help two ladies oh, in both Indiana. They saw a hawk that I built number one and two for the last 12 years. <laughs> it's either Irene. Or is uh, Chris? Is it? Oh, I forgot. God, I'm funny. Whatever. I work in a both husband. They are number one, number two, just like that. And for them, it's thirty-five yard, one pin. Go for it. You're leveling. Heck yeah, <laughs> Jeremy. I think you've actually talked to him before, maybe. Um, but cool. anywho's. So um, I have two more questions, and I'm going to direct one to George. I'm going to direct one to Jeremy. Jeremy, I'm going to ask you this. This is something that uh people ask me a lot and they're like buying a new site and they don't know whether or not they should shoot a 0.019 pin or a 0.010 pin and what is the difference between those and what do you recommend for what scenario um so the 19,000s pin obviously is uh just a heavier thicker pin and then your 10,000s pin is a thinner pin and that is um that's a hard one to to really i don't like to sway people when it comes to their pin size because everybody's different i just bought uh the new the fast eddie xl 
with the three pin, the three vertical pins, because I'm a vertical pin guy. Um, I got a 19 thousandths on the top pin and two ten thousandths because the animal's closer. I can stand a bigger pin um, and it doesn't bother me. But if I'm shooting a 19 thousandths pin at 60 yards, I don't like that because it just takes up because I'm it takes up too much of the target. You know, me growing up uh, southwestern Pennsylvania that, you know, I was always taught to aim for a hair, not aim for a region. You know, so I, I try to pick out a, a finite spot on that animal. And with a 19,000 pin at 60 yards on a bull elk, granted, you got something the size of this computer screen that I can hit, but I try to keep it as small as possible. Sure. And then you also you also have to take into account where that site housing lands. Um, if you have a fixed position, like a direct mount, like on the new bows, the Picatinny stuff from Hoyt, and then the Matthews with, with there's the bridge lock stuff, you know, uh, you can move it. Well, I don't know on the Picatinny stuff, you can't really move it in and out. It's kind of like a fixed uh, site. But like if you have the, anything with a sight bar that you can slide back and forth, you can adjust that to fit your shooting style, whether you like a big peep, little peep, all that good stuff. So there's there's more than just the pin size. Um, because if if you do like your your sight pushed way out as far as it can go, you can you can stand a little bit bigger of a pin. Um, where you know if you like it real sucked up and close to the bow, like I kind of like it um, close to the bow. I would rather have a bigger peep, smaller pins, and the sight sucked up as close to the bow as possible. Okay. So. All right. Um, so George, I have one one more question, and it's regard it's in regards to lighted knocks with mm -hmm. all, all of the options available with specific to color. If I'm not trying to customize my setup to match anything, what's the best color? What's what should I okay. go for for in color? Okay, actually, this answer was not answered by me by one of the optometry professor in Indiana University. You know, Indiana University one of the optometry best optometry school. So since I graduated from there, I usually have able to ask. I forgot the, I apologize. I forgot the professor's name, but this is the bottom line. The best color under all conditions is red nut with a red LED. That's no, that's no bull. As unless you're colorblind. If the sun comes out, this is the sequence. Orange would be orange would be less bright. The moment direction comes in, this is sequence. The moment the least amount affected by direct sunlight is Yellow, green, blue, clear. The moment sun, the moment just like you wish you a green a, a green knock in the middle of the morning, when the sun comes up, the green knock is gone. The blue knock is gone. The clear knock is gone. The yellow you barely can see. The orange you can see a little bit better. The, the red is the best. So well, how come people say blue knock they can a uh, green knock they can see the best? Because they keep on thinking the side pin of green pin. As long as there's no direct sun, you have shade. Green is better than red because it's more divine. The moment there's no physical light, the absolute best is blue and white. White light is the best if you shine on something and look for reflection, red is the worst. Hmm. So what's the color? why do we still offer the yellow and the orange? The orange is best for any background that's orange, which is your Africa hunt. And there's nothing, it's dark night on ice. That's the yellow. So. If you are hunting morning, you only have one choice, red on red. You want proliferation, orange. 
Actually, if you look at a car, you pretty much got all your answers. What's the taillight color? Red and red, under any condition. If you look at a car driving towards you with a headlight on in bright daylight, you won't notice it. Let me give you some basic concept. A headlight is about a million and a half lux. The taillight is 6,500 lux. So you need that one and a half million lux to shine on something and reflect. That's reason at night, you need a white light. Her peripheration is orange, orange, and yellow. That's the reason your side lights are orange, orange, and yellow. Do you see that all happening? Yeah. And then at midnight, if you look at a police car, the red is not what's visible. It's the blue and white light that pierces through the light. So mm -hmm. if you're hunting in a moonless light, the best color is blue. But then you think about power consumption. On the visibility, a white light is only about 2 to 5% of a red light into a human eye hmm. in total brightness. So that pretty much your sequence. If you hunt evening only, go for green. If you hunt morning and all the time, go for red. If you like some people like pick hunts and so on, red and green only. If you don't indoor, you can put a white light and then you have any color to be cute. <laughs> if you go for Africa hunt, absolutely orange. No way around it. Because orange on the desert, that orange red sand, that orange nut will light up the best. It's orange nut with orange LED. Is there some difference? Um, because if you're red, blue, red, green, uh, red, green uh, colorblind, then what you want is a yellow LED with a green light. Okay. Otherwise, for some people that is total just red colorblind, then you're looking at the blue LED with a white light or the blue LED with a green light. Those are what comes in because see, a lot of people do not recognize they are colorblind because they have looked at that for the whole life. Right. How do they know they are until they show them a colorblind test? And yes, you cannot go wrong with red on red, even if you're colorblind, because they prove that red on red even function if you're colorblind. Otherwise, the tail light is useless, isn't it? Yeah, right. Which also shows if you drive enough and you notice that the moment somebody loses the hood, on the green light, the moment you turn green on a broad daylight, you cannot see it until it's directly under the light. That solves another proof that your green light will be bleeded out by the sun. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to see. Yeah, actually, I wrote the whole article. If you want to refresh it, it's on our website under Final Color Choices. Oh, awesome. Well, I didn't know that, but I'm glad I asked you that question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is very technical, and most people think it's the preference. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, that kind of sucks for me because I like green. Yeah. A green light is if you're hunting in the morning, the moment the sun comes up, like you hunt half an hour before the sun, it's beautiful. When the sun comes up, you can't find that green. It's gone. Unless you're shooting the shade. I usually, I usually miss my morning hunts because I sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> so green is okay for you too. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a fun one. We got through an hour pretty quickly. Um, anyone that wants to get a hold of Jeremy, his details will be in the show description. George and George and I are always in the show description. Ask these guys as much questions as you guys have. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Take it easy, guys.